Ah, hello and welcome to These Are The Things. I tell you, it seems like about a year since I did the last one, which it's not. It's not even two weeks. Um, and it seems about six years since Christmas. So much has gone on. And yet, at the same time, absolutely nothing has happened to me in the real world. But as time moves on, what we are only watching the TV screen. It just seems like so much has happened. And boy, the world has changed. There's been an inauguration in the States and I have to say that provided me with the greatest bit of hope, good god that is cheap these days, and complete escapism from the complete nonsense and you don't want to watch an inauguration to look at the clothes but you know what, as I mentioned in the Vogue episode, we have absolutely no glamour, everybody's living in a fleece or uh, exercise gear or dry coats seem, seem to be the order of the day where I'm currently living and some of those people I don't even think they swim but they go around in dry coats but a little bit of glamour a little bit of escapism and I just found the inauguration just perfect for that and being America it was full of Hollywood well being a democratic um inauguration Hollywood had come and arrived there in all its glory and I have to say I was just so thrilled to see Lady Gaga um I just some people thought the outfit was a bit inappropriate for an inauguration I wanted it and for God's sake it's Lady Gaga I was just relieved that she didn't turn up dressed as an eagle to symbolize America she looked fantastic I loved the gigantic brooch I just loved the huge elaborate ball gown and I loved more than anything that she came out really a Stephanie Germanotti she was a ball of nerve she was the seven-year-old girl whose dreams were just coming true for that one moment and then she was handed the mic and she became Lady Gaga again and yes it was over the top it was a very Broadway performance but when you think of what had happened there just two weeks before the brutality and the appalling violence what had taken place right there when she was was singing and a week before that there was an impeachment remember I know it's only three weeks ago but it was just phenomenal to watch her and I just loved her what watched her literally within seconds going from Stephanie Germanata to Lady Gaga and what most people are talking about is the fact that there is a photograph and people think that she was handed the mic from Mike Pence. Now let's, it. this is a good story. This is a brilliant story as it is. This is Mike Pence and his missus who have an appalling history with LGBTQ rights um, and their attitude and the work they have ca- carried out is criminal and he was standing there beside Lady Gaga who has spoken out very publicly against him. That's a good enough story, you don't need to pretend that he entered the mic. There are many jobs that vice, former vice presidents do, being a stagehand is not one of them. But it was fabulous escapism and I just loved every moment of it. I loved the interactions. 
I loved looking at Kamala Harris's blended, beautiful blended family and her stepdaughter who is going to, wow, that is one way to launch a career in fashion is to step out in Me and You um, at an inauguration watched by billions. But it was just beautiful. But who stole the show? It was Amanda Gorman. She was just phenomenal. And it was just so beautiful to watch. The daughter, as she said, of a single mother who dreamed of becoming president ended up at the age of just 22, reciting for the President of the United States at his inauguration. And her story, her backstory, is just the most inspirational tale that I've heard in a long time. And Amanda was born very premature. Both she and her sister were incredibly premature. And when they were in the perinatal unit their mother was told that not to hold out too much hope for them and Amanda had very delayed speech and she also had a severe speech impediment and in fact up until just two years ago she would not have been able to speak publicly. She had real difficulty with her R sounds and also with SH sounds. So to see her in all her glory and the confidence and the way in which the dramatic way in which she moved her hand, which is actually a way that has helped her speak and given, gave her confidence while she speaks. And that has, if you look at all the Instagram posts, her hand movements have become her trademark. And she was just beautiful. And I tell you, I loved the other story was that Oprah Winfrey on hearing that Amanda was going to be speaking at the inauguration said that she would like to buy her a coat because she'd bought my Angelo a coat when she spoke at Bill Clinton's inauguration and Amanda said no thank you I've uh, got my coat I've chosen my yellow coat for the day and that's what I'm going to wear um, instead Oprah bought her um, earrings and a bracelet I've always kind of I have to say never very fond of people who brag about presents that they buy for other people. Uh, this was announced by Oprah's friend Gail um, and announced it on Good Morning America that Oprah had made this generous gesture and it was very nice for her. We don't have to tell the world. Jesus. Anyway, I adored it and I am absolutely obsessed with everything that Amanda does and I am glued to her Instagram page. So for this week's episode, the Instagram page that you should follow is definitely Amanda Gorman. My God, she's somebody to watch. Um, she is. She has her her eyes set on the White House, and it won't be reciting poetry. She knows exactly where she's going in life, but um, wherever she ends up, and certainly reach for those stars. But she is going to be. A very interesting watch for years to come. The podcast th- this week, I, I don't have a podcast series, it's rather an episode. It's the What the Fuck podcast by um, Mark Moran. And I, you know what, he, he's been doing podcasts for years and I've only kind of dipped in and out, and that's why I'm not recommending an entire series because it goes on forever and I, I don't know enough about him. but. This episode was 
really, really interesting with Glenn Klaus. And I also think the podcast series in general, particularly for the podcast like the WFT and particularly Dak Shepard, who I mention a lot here, but that kind of long format of a podcast seems to be the go-to place for celebrities these days because they are not trusting long format style profile interviews for from uh, publishers like Vanity Fair or the New Yorker which would have been the trusted outlet but I we have seen stars been burnt and it's you know what I I think there there's when you see stars been burnt like that when you think they live this fabulous lifestyle um there's always a little bit, you know, it, it's nice to look in from afar. But from their point of view, when they hear them speak about it, particularly pro- publications like that, like Vanity Fair, like The New Yorker, sometimes these journalists will get access to these stars for up to two months and they will spend night and day with them. It's amazing the amount of access they get to them. But the thing is, very often they are given no say on what is published so they can turn that those two months into whatever they choose to so long style podcast format seemed to be the place to go for a lot of stars and this is actually a podcast from a few months ago with Glenn Close and she's talking about her acting career which is amazing very few actors have had that career um she discussed very openly uh, about the Fatal Attraction um, series that she wanted to be have a very different ending to what it had and that the character really could have been dealt with, I think in this day and age, would have been dealt with in a very different way to how it's being dealt with today. But uh, it was just very interesting. So it was interesting to hear her say that. More than her acting career, they actually started out talking about her young life. She she was born in Connecticut. Her father was a surgeon. Um, her grandparents, she describes them as coming from kind of a waspy background. And her parents were um, black sheep of the family. But was, what was really interesting, quite early in life, Glenn's parents joined a cult. Now, she didn't really mention the name of the cult from, of the cult, from what I remember. Um, she didn't seem to want to delve that deep into it because I think she finds memories of that time triggering. But she was actually in that cult right up until the age of 22. And she only really seemed to touch on it because of what th- this interview took place quite a while, I mean, quite a while back, <laughs> time is an illusion these days. I think it took place um, around November, uh, probably before the election. But she, w- what she was talking about was the fact that her parents were very uh, well-educated people, came from a very privileged background and still got soaked up in this cult and it was very detrimental to them but they got them at a very vulnerable time in their lives particularly in their marriage and she just wanted to touch on that how if you were vulnerable cults and 
things of that nature can drag you in. And I think the reason she was talking about it was at that very moment in time, it was the election in America, QAnon was everywhere and was taking over um, the globe from the American perspective at that time. So it was just, it was probably the most personal interview I ever heard Glenn Close give. And I think going back to you were in charge of the narrative to a degree in a podcast, there was many areas that she didn't delve into and you could actually see her not see her, but I could imagine her putting her hand up and going, not go there. But at the same time, I've definitely got to see a completely different side to Glenn Close than I've ever seen or heard before. So like every other week, all the links are in the bio, but that is the What the Fuck podcast. Um, can be got on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Now... I'm going to talk about it's a sin, and I don't think there is there anybody who isn't talking about it's a sin. Um, I have a lot of American listeners, so I'm not sure if you have access to the Channel Four Player. It's a free streaming service, so I'd imagine it is available anywhere in the world. Um, I hope it is, but you should be able to access this on the Channel Four Player. It's a sin. Is it's a beautiful, poignant tale, and it is a tale of a time which, in many ways, has been forgotten, or at the very least, has been brushed under the carpet. I'm not sure when this was filmed. What I do know is that Russell T. Davies, who wrote it, was actually trying to get this made since 2015, but timing is everything. And the timing of this makes it all the more poignant because we open with an episode of boys who had, none of them actually had come out to their family. They're all very different characters. Some are flamboyant, some are introverts, some are needy, some are incredibly independent, but they're all beautiful, beautiful characters. And that is what Russell T. Davis does, he he writes even the most appalling characters like he had in The English Patient or characters in Queer as Folk. You always empathise with them, regardless of who they are or what their backgrounds are. And he does that beautifully here. And these boys are coming out where from homes where they felt like they couldn't be themselves and they couldn't be free and they went to London And they moved into a world where freedom and being yourself was a badge of honour within that community. And they felt incredibly safe. And for that period in time, from the late 70s until the early 80s, it was just full of fun and passion. And the music, the music is just what we need at the moment. And it brings us to that place of fun and drama and mentioned glamour at the at beginning of the show. It, there is glamour everywhere. It's just absolutely beautiful. But of course, it tells the tale of the AIDS crisis and the ignorance. And it, it brought me back in a very different way because it's a virus and it words and viruses and everything at this moment in time travel more quickly and what we went through in early 2020 of rumors about this virus coming from China and 
we weren't sure where it came from. Did it come from a bat? Did, where did it come? And the rumours of this virus called AIDS was supposed to have started in Africa. And then there was rumours of how that started. But it was at the period we take up on It's a Sin. It is just a rumour and it's called, it, as it creeps in, it is known as the gay cancer. And it takes the most beautiful lives and we uh, from very early on we feel invested in these characters such as the genius of Russell T Davis and it is just heartbreaking to watch and it also highlights that fear and ignorance is possibly the most vicious virus there is out there um, this is not an easy watch and it's a really funny time to launch this and probably because it is so poignant and it brings back many memories and you're, you're shedding tears for the lives lost, lives that you never knew but you heard about and tears of the shame and the ignorance that surrounded at that time. It, it, I, I would encourage everyone to watch this. It is a beautiful piece. Phenomenal performances, particularly by Ali Alexander, who's just dripping with talent. He's just incredible. And also um, Lydia West, who plays the character of Jill. In a way, Lydia is the narrator of the piece because we see a lot of it through her eyes. And because of that, in a way, her character is underdeveloped. But the real Jill, who Lydia plays, is actually played uh, plays li- plays the characters Lydia's mother in the piece, so it's a nice way of tying it together. And apparently, Jill did live in a place called Pink Palace, and she literally was a mother and an angel to all those young men, and some of them, you know, they're just twenty four. Some of them uh, were just boys, and you can really see that. Also, I don't know when this was filmed. But uh, there is a funny little anecdote about Philip Schofield, which uh, <laughs> was very, very cheeky. So I don't know if they put that in afterwards. But uh, if anybody does know when this was I'd be absolutely fascinated to hear. But I mentioned Russell T. Davies because he's just, he is a brilliant, brilliant writer. And if you are lucky enough to watch or listen to an interview with him, he is just the most charming character you can come across. And I I saw a YouTube clip of him talking about going through the process of becoming a writer and how writers were nurtured back then in the 70s and 80s in a way that they are not now. He started off as a writer on Coronation Street, back when Coronation Street was really, um, was, was much more a character-based soap back when it was a hell of a lot better if you ask me but it's very interesting to hear him talk about how much he learned about writing for character and that stands to him in anything you watch by by Russell everything is character driven and character based and it is all the better for it but if you really want to hear about him he has a beautiful episode on uh, Jay Reiner's again I've mentioned it a lot here Out to Lunch uh, where he describes his 
life in Wales as a young writer, but also the life he had led with his late husband. Um, he became a carer for his late husband and indeed gave up uh, what was a very promising career in LA to look after his husband. And just the grief. And I saw him on Loose Women and apparently they didn't get a chance to talk to him about his husband. And when they said, asked him before going on air, would you like to? He said, I'd love to. And it just reminded me of going through that grief where you just want to talk about that person who you miss so much. And uh, right now where people are living alone and feeling so much grief, um, you can feel that. But it's also more poignant looking back at the time of the 80s where AIDS took the lives of so many people. And because of that shame, people didn't feel like they could express their grief in that way. God, I started the show so uplifting. It is uplifting. It is beautiful. The music, the characters, you fall in love with them. Don't be afraid of the sadness that you will feel when watching It's a Sin, because it's a celebration of beautiful lives that didn't get a chance to be here for as long as they did, but lives that did shine brightly for however long they were here. So listen, thank you for tuning in. Um, as ever, all the links will be in the show notes. And listen, like, review, leave me a comment, tell me how you're getting on, tell me what you're listening to, watching, give me a few tips. I'd love to hear from you. We're all relying on each other at the moment. So thanks for tuning in. Bye.